This is Auburn Opelika This Morning with Zach Blackerby. Welcome back to Auburn Opelika This Morning. Lindsay and Lance, we are now joined by appellate judge Richard Miner. Good morning. Fan, uh, frequent guest of the program. I would say friend of the program. Friend, absolutely. Friend of the program. I have to say, saw you on Thursday night at Rob's Ribs. We were going out to raise money for the food bank. Thank you very much for your support. It was a great event for a great cause. It And it all came from a stupid joke. And, like, that's the best kind of thing. I know that you're um, – you you listen to the show quite a bit, and you you see all of the dumb jokes and the dumb bits that we make, and we run into the ground. And I'm glad that you supported that one for us before it stopped being funny. So it, thank you. It was good. It was good to meet actually see everybody again, um, and to see Brad and to uh, have the opportunity, as the the meme said, to crush a parm. Crush a chicken parm. They <laughs> were good chicken, chicken parms. You did get a chicken parm. I did get the chicken parm. I did not uh, have the opportunity to they, get a chicken parm. It was it was too late by the time I I wanted they, one. They were limited. Yeah. yeah, I think there was there was thirty eight maybe. Yeah, yeah somewhere and around there. They completely sold out. It's funny you were there, and Lance. You were there like an hour before the thing started. You didn't get a chicken parm. And Zach was like, Lance, you want to go get a chicken parm? I'm like, nah, not yet. And by the time I was like, yeah, I guess I'll go get one. I was like, oh well, actually, no, you can't. So <laughs> they, they're all gone. They are gone. But hey, it was for a good cause. It was a great time. So. Judge Miner, thanks for coming in this morning. Um, I do have to ask what's going on in your world because I know that that from what I've been told, the legal system kind of works in cycles, and you'll be busy for a while, and you'll be slow for a while. What's going on now with you? It's the busy time. It's the busy time. Um, even though we've hit the summer, we are actually in the middle of um, what we call voting period. Okay. We had a circulation period where the judges circulate um, opinions and memorandums um, that they wish the court to vote on. For ultimately for release, probably in four weeks. Um, so there are about approximately 65 cases mm-hmm. um, that have to be read between last Thursday and a week from this Thursday. So um, two weeks to read 65 weeks, cases. Um, to do that, to uh, to do whatever research we need to do to write any kind of concurring or dissenting opinions, mm-hmm. um, and then to get those out by a week from Thursday. So obviously you have clerks that help you with the research and the writing and everything, but that's still a lot of work to do. It, it is, and we actually, at the Court of Criminal Appeals, um, we have staff attorneys. We mm-hmm. have full-time uh, professional staff attorneys. My, I have three staff attorneys. Um, one's been there probably in excess of 16, 17 years, one six or seven years, and then I hired a staff attorney when I came on the court in 2019. Um, so they are a great aid in being able to get the work done and get the work product out. So we're looking at a team. I mean, it's, it's so so it's a it's a team effort because again, it's it's three weeks. And each of these cases, these are not like ten, fifteen pages. These are what hundreds of pages of of testimony and and briefs and things like that that have to be reviewed. That, that that's correct. So what we do, um, if you don't know what the appellate court does, um, we're not the trial court, right? Um, we review what happens at the trial court by what the lawyers say were mistakes or errors made at the trial level. And so each side, um, the appellant, um, his attorney or her attorney will file an appeal brief that will be answered by the attorney general's office. Um, and then the appellant will also have an opportunity to file a reply brief. And once all that's done, it's sent to chambers um, where we then get to review the, the trial record, which could be one volume. A volume's 200 pages, um, so it could be a one-volume case or 
a 30-volume case, just depending on the type of case that it is and how long the trial lasted. I have to admit, I was not expecting it to be measured in 200-page increments. <laughs> that is that is definitely a lot of work. I see why you have a lot of staff lawyers. Is that something where the staff attorney, um, that's not is that their end goal is to be a staff attorney for an appellate judge, or is that something where they're thinking about being judges themselves one day? I would say that's probably both. Okay. Now, we have had staff attorneys that have been at the court, whether it be the Court of Criminal Appeals, Court of Civil Appeals, or the Alabama Supreme Court, mm -hmm. who now sit as current judges or justices. Okay. Um, judge Beth Kellum on our court was a staff attorney um, at one time. Um, Justice Kelly Wise, I believe, is who she um, was a staff attorney for. Um, I won't say that it's normal, mm -hmm. um, but it has occurred. Lindsay and Lance joined by Appellate Judge Richard Miner. Back in a minute. This is the Abbey Award-winning Auburn Opelika This Morning. Lindsay and Lance judge, uh, joined by Appellate Judge Richard Miner. I would say one of our two favorite judges of all time. Excellent. Yeah. Do you have a favorite judge, Lance? I don't think so. If anybody, it's Richard Miner. There you yeah, go. Sure. Great answer. Judge Miner, do you have a favorite judge? You, you know, probably know a little bit more than we do about outside this. Outside of yourself. Um, <laughs> outside of yourself. You know, I had the honor and the privilege to serve as an assistant attorney general um, under Judge Bill Pryor, mm -hmm. um, who's, on the, who's now the presiding judge of the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals um, and was one of the two finalists um, for President Trump to be appointed to the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, and Judge Pryor actually has sworn me in um, as a judge on the Court of Criminal Appeals. Um, and my last two terms, or my last term, two terms, um, as district attorney in St. Clair County. Um, so I would think uh, Judge Pryor's way up there on the list. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's a, uh, a judge in Georgia that's mm -hmm. on the Court of, Criminal, uh, Court of Appeals of Georgia, uh, Judge Stephen Dillard, who is the Twitter laureate, I guess, of appellate Twitter. Um, after um, Judge, Judge Willett was appointed to the federal bench out of Texas. And, and I've gotten to know Judge Dillard. Um, and I, he actually answered some questions for me when I began my quest for the uh, Alabama Court of Criminal Appeals. Um, so I put those two up there as, as probably my favorite judges, current favorite judges current favorite as contemporaries. Judges. You know a little bit more about that than I do. I, I kind of want to dig into appellate Twitter for a minute because one of my favorite things to do is to find the incredibly niche um, Twitters like Econ Twitter. I spend a lot of time uh, looking at Twitter feeds from economists and things. And so when you're doing something and you're, you're, you're tweeting in appellate Twitter, is that you – you obviously can't give specifics. It's very general stuff. Are you just talking about you know things that you have – Things that you have written? Are you promoting you know, your work? Like, what does that look like in something that's so privileged as as court? Well, actually, I think for appellate Twitter, um, it's both. It's both work and personal. Mm -hmm. um, because I think people need to see judges um, not only as judges, um, but we're just, as I say, normal people. I think some people have a, a tendency um, when they start ranking order of things, they try to put a judge up here on this pedestal. And we're just like everybody else. It's just that... You know, we go to work, and sometimes we put on this black dress. Um, I only have to do it once a month. The local courts have to do it every day. Yeah. Um, but we're just like everybody else. Um, and that's part of the appellate Twitter. It's a group um, not only of judges but lawyers, the appellate practice lawyers um, throughout the nation. Right. Um, that have just become friends 
um, and just sharing things that not only happen at work, the general things that you can talk about, yeah. Um, but some of their personal life too, so people can see that personal side that a judge isn't only this, you know, rigid individual. Whether not not always serious and stoic, right. but rather, you know, you have a fun side and absolutely. And it, you just happen to work in chambers. That's right. I mean, it's um, it's. I just happen to work in an office where it's very quiet. <laughs> there are no phone calls. People can't come in to see you without going through security. Um, That's going to be nice. And so um, it's just a different world. It absolutely, I mean, and then, so so we we talked about during the break. It's you're reading 200 page volumes at a time for these cases, and everybody handles them differently. But you said what you do with your staff is you kind of divide them up by cases. You say, well, you have these cases, you have these cases. How do you decide who gets what? Is it do you have staff attorneys that focus on a certain part of the law, or is it something where? You think that you try to balance it by workload? You, you try to balance it by workload. Mm -hmm. um, and the way we are randomly assigned cases to our chambers. So okay. there's five judges. Um, the clerk's office randomly assigns cases, but it's done by volume number. Okay. So that somebody's not overwhelmed with, oh, today I got two probation revocations, which are very short, very short volume-wise, as opposed to today I got assigned two capital murder cases. <clears throat> which are going to be very long, tedious, and take a long time to do. How often do you um, see cases like that that are, that are incredibly long, like capital murder cases? You know, with, with COVID, um, we didn't really see any of the direct appeals because nobody was having jury trials. Right. right. Um, now, our caseload during that COVID year went down a small fraction, um, but a majority of what we do are also – um, what's called Rule 32s, which are post-conviction appeals, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, and, the, and a lot of those are filed by inmates that are currently incarcerated. Right. Those did not fall at all because they, they had they weren't going paper and, yeah. and they were filing. Um, but it, it, it comes in spurts. Um, and, but as far as the case assignments to the actual staff attorneys, um, just like it is to the judges, it's kind of random. Uh, what their current workload is versus what it might be in, say, three weeks. Right. Um, and what's going to get done this week, and so what follows up next. Do you expect to see cases or, or your your workload increase now that COVID's over as we're coming it, out of it? It has. Um, you know, I, I, t I told somebody last week, um, I think, like last week, I think we had three or four cases assigned, and maybe a month ago, we might have had one case assigned during the week, whereas last week we probably got four new cases in the chambers. I think that number will go up some now that jury trials have started back, um, just because people are back in the courtroom and the, and the trial judges are trying cases. Lindsay and Lance joined by Appellate Judge Richard Miner. Back in a minute. Lindsay and Lance joined by Appellate Judge Richard Miner for the final segment of the hour here. We've got just a few minutes, Judge, about four or five minutes and I want to ask you about college football. We had a, a story in the last hour about a proposed 12-team playoff for the college football playoff. And long story short, the way it would work would be automatic buys for the five conference winners and then one group of five school that was a, that was a champion of their conference, and then the rest are at-large bids. Uh, one through four would have a buy in the first round, and five through eight would host nine through 12 on campus. So Intern Taco went and pulled up some of the teams so we would have known some of these matchups. So we're going to kind of 
tell you what some of these matchups are and then get your opinion. Would you watch these bowl games or not? Are these these games or not? All right. So five through twelve. All right. So five. Five and twelve matchup is Texas A&M versus Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina went eleven and zero last year. They're very exciting. So what they're the group of five. That? Yeah. Team there. I would probably watch it just because I'm a college football fan. There you go. Um, I'm not sure the ratings would be very good for that game. Um, <laughs> I think, but, but, it, but it would be interesting, um, and it gives the the smaller schools an opportunity. Yeah. I mean, they proved themselves on the field for their first. 10, 11 games. They went undefeated. They um, won their conference. And you never know, just like James Madison in the College World Series, who would have guessed that they would have been playing to go to the championship game when when everybody had Oklahoma already penciled in to win everything. So, Good um, point. So I'm definitely watching. Upsets can happen. Okay, 6-11. Uh, 6-11, okay. Oklahoma uh, versus Indiana. So, so, so Indiana is at Oklahoma yes. for that. I, I mean, once again, I'm watching. Right. Um, I think it's good for the for the overall college game, right? In that now we have the four teams playing, and it just seems to me that if you're team number five, you see your season um, as a failure because you didn't get into the top four, right? And the rest of the teams don't seem to me um, to play as hard, or players start opting out of playing because they're more concerned, which I would be too if I'm going to be paid millions of dollars to go on to the NFL. Um, that you're not fighting for that championship. I just realized, I don't remember you mentioning, Taco, the, who won the Pac-12. Are they in there? Uh, in that who top who won list? the Pac-12 last year? John? I believe it was... Was it Oregon? I don't believe it was Oregon. I There are zero Pac-12 teams. I think it might have been... In the no, USC was not in the title game. I don't remember. No, who won it? So so we're missing somebody out of this. Yeah. But but if you have to think about like the five conference winners, the Pac-12 conference is probably going to be the one having to play that that 5-12 matchup so oregon so, won last year and they, oh, they are did. ranked where are they 25 oh that's right last they year. weren't supposed to be but they only played six games because usc had covid right. issues so they last year was a fill in. Yeah. last year was a weird season so you probably can't go off of all of last year but what are the last two matchups just to let's see so um let's see what is it eight nine and seven ten mm-hmm. so florida versus iowa state and cincinnati versus georgia which didn't Cincinnati and Georgia play anyway last year? They in the did. Bowl game? They did. And Georgia won. I Georgia it was came like back. Twenty-three, twenty-one, yeah, like yeah. on a last-second field goal or something like that. So in that environment, though, I feel like compared to the Peach Bowl, Georgia wins that game by ten points because yep. it, because I think talent wins out and Georgia's going to want it more. So it would be it would again, it would still be a really fun game, but I think Georgia probably wants it a little bit more if it's in that scenario. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, and, the, and they're fighting for something. It's yeah. not, they're not fighting for a. A bowl win. They're fighting for the opportunity to, to move forward for a national championship. This isn't a consolation prize. This is, in exactly. fact, you know, um, continuing the season. So, Judge Miner, thank you for your time. Thank you for helping me out today. I appreciate oh, absolutely. it. Absolutely. Anytime. I, it, was, uh, it was just kind of good to learn about exactly how much reading goes along with being a judge. I had no idea. Hour number two in the books. You guys stay tuned. Fox News, local news. After that, we have a visit. It's a Turling Tourism Tuesday, yet Cat Bobo's here. I'm confused. I may not play the music for her. I don't know. Um, And then after that, we have Bill Hutto with the Auburn University Airport. Stick around. This is Auburn Opelika this morning.